beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. Party people, on this Resurrection Sunday, we wanted to give you just a bit of Easter reflections. Um, and this Easter reflection is brought to you by the three of us as we were sitting down with our Patreon members um, the other day. And so here you go. Here are just it's just a bit of the time that we had together and hey this is a little plug if you would like to get in on being a a supporter of the pod you would have access to our quarterly patreon meetups which you're about to hear a bit of also the sound isn't the greatest on especially my microphone (laughs) was having some issues (laughs) but enjoy bless you We want to give just some Easter reflections, um, just some short way, just some thoughts that we have on this Easter weekend. Um, yeah, we just want to be here. So, um, Trey, why don't you go ahead and kick it off, brother? Absolutely. I think it's important to note the tenor of where we find ourselves um, in the midst, can't even say towards the Tetlin, in the midst of a global pandemic that um, many people, including myself at times, have uh, begun to, to act like has concluded. Um, and being in the midst of our neighbors has at times robbed us of a sense of security and hope. Um, when we see the callousness through which we approach the world. And in that vein, our approach Easter um, somberly as, um, well, Good Friday, like the crucifixion, the execution of Jesus Christ was in effect the death of hope for so many people. Uh, People who had witnessed and watched this itinerant preacher from Galilee serve so many people, minister among so many people um, who was then crucified by the state, who was executed in the state sanctioned thing. I, I imagine, I can only imagine the hopelessness that people felt as they watched that happen, as they saw like the life leave the body uh, and, and, and and waited for the surprise ending. Like, no, like this can't be so, only to discover that that was really the case. Um, something that a lot of times we either emphasize the actual death through reenacting things in, in, in a way that's kind of gruesome and graphic for some people, or we treat it as almost an advent sort of thing where we wait for the resurrection. And then we emphasize that. And some people like to draw a delineation between the resurrection and Easter. Easter is this pagan holiday where 
resurrection, we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead. Where me, when I get to theologize, and I like to look at them as two sides of the same coin, right? Where the pagan holiday is really about new life and the rebirth of things. As things die off in the winter months, we get to see life anew in the spring. And that's what's celebrated during Easter. It's married with hope dying with Jesus only to be resurrected and born again with new life in new ways. And as we look through all of the gospel narratives, we see all of these grandiose things happen, even with regard to <laughs> one of the gospel writers describes them going to the tomb, the empty tomb of Jesus and seeing the linen wrappings, the, the, the body wrappings being shed and laying there in the tomb alone. And in this this beautiful image of all of these things and death just being shut off and these, these things coming and a new hope that comes with the resurrection and with this new life that Jesus takes on. And one of the things I like, if you read the gospel of Mark, sometimes translations will have like a line near the end of chapter 16 and say like, oh, this, everything below, beneath this line wasn't included in the oldest manuscripts that we have. And if you look at like what most scholars believe the oldest manuscripts we have in Mark, which is the oldest gospel that we have, kind of ends on a cliffhanger after Jesus rises. Like it's not as much documented as in terms of Jesus interacting with people. It's almost as if like there's this thing like what happens next? And as we move into this Easter season, we're already in Easter season, but as we do that, I like to think about all of the possibilities. That's something that excites me. Because one thing that in, in my personal life, I'm moving into a season of unknowns. And there's a lot of anxiety around that as somebody who's used to being in control and directing situations. But I'm moving into a place where I, I, I can no longer move all of the cars. And all of a sudden, like a lot of the things that I'm used to being in control of and directing seem to be out of my hand. There's the, the death of a certain sense of security and, and hope. But when I learn to look at things, not as what I cannot control, but what can be and what new life lies in front of me without having all of the answers. When I look at that mystery that uh, Mark's gospel leaves in that sense, when, when I look at what new life might bring to me, all of a sudden, the death of that hope, the death of that security, the death, the death of what I thought I knew uh, becomes an entryway into the new life that is beyond that which I've come to know, right? Uh, it, it, I, I love that they married this holiday with the, the, the pagan celebration of Easter and new life because it tells me that new life isn't a matter of our belief. We don't need to mentally accede to this. It is something that happens seasonally. Whether or not we take part in it, new life happens. It happens after things die. And when we stop long enough to observe what's happening around us, not just in the life, ministry, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but in the creation that God in the fullness of God's self has, has put us in. When we watch this happen, we see that new life is not just a possibility, but a reality. And so I go into this Easter holiday excited. Sorry, could you stay? Nope. I go into this Easter holiday excited 
about that which I cannot yet conceptualize because this life is as new to me as it is to anybody else. Yeah, thank you for that, brother. Um, Samuel. Yeah, sure. I'll talk after like the right Reverend RG. No, stop. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) Sure. You get a pre-show mic and I'm just playing. Um, So uh, going into, uh, I'm going to, so I've always had sort of like um, a peculiar relationship with um, Easter, Resurrection Sunday, whatever you want to call it. (sighs) Um, Just growing up in church is always filled with so much anxieties because it's always like a program going on. It's always a speech. It's always a play as a musician. Music's got to be right. Everything's got to be perfect. And I got to do so much. So, um, I don't know, like it's over the years, it kind of like it, it, it's been a weekend with so much anxiety and I've never really gotten a chance to really um, celebrate it in such a way, um, I would say meaningfully, right? Um, because I always had to do church, right? Like I always had to do Easter Sunday. Um, these last, I don't know, two Easter, yeah, this will be the third one. No, this will be the, this, this is the second one. Um, no, this is the third not going to a physical church, right? Um, we'll attend virtually, but we're not going nowhere. Um, and It's been refreshing because now um, for me, it can have a meaning. I can give thought to it. I can give celebration to um, new life in Christ, right? Um, As I feel like I I should be able to. Um, And now thinking about it uh, from this standpoint, like, so much has happened uh like trey said you know so much has happened and um i almost liken seeing christ resurrected to i don't know if y'all are lord of the ring fans and not um the third one return of the king i think um when gandalf comes back and frodo tells gandalf like yo i thought you was dead like but then i thought i was dead but then wait a minute, is everything sad going to become untrue? Um, and then like there was that moment of hope, right? When you realize like, wait a minute, the very thing that crushed my world, right? Um, that I thought would destroy me, like those things become untrue. Um, and I think, and not to say necessarily that I think we um, forget about our trauma, but living in a way in which we celebrate Christ through community Um, like he's shown us like we try to intentionally do here um, it's giving me a new hope Uh, it's giving me a new cause to celebrate um, resurrection Sunday um, because it brings back to remembrance all of the times that Christ has revealed himself in community to me and I've come through on the other side, right? Um, and so 
there's the personal aspect and testimony. And then and there, there are those ways that I feel like it connects me to others that I'm like, yo, we maybe like I wasn't there physically when you went through, but someone who believes like we believe was there with you in community and they were praying for you and they loved you and they held your hand and they did whatever, they, whatever you needed in that moment, right? Like they, they became whatever they had to become that someone might be saved in some way, um, right? And so now for me, I have that hope, right? That renewing hope of like, yo, there is a way of living that honors Christ truly um, every day, right? And and how he lived and I think how he calls us to live. Um, and so now I'm excited. Um, I can rest. Um, I have people I love around me. I got like, yeah, just living in that community that I think that um, Jesus calls us to, to live in. I like it a lot. I uh, I just have a few thoughts. I, I've been sitting with um, the, you know, the Easter is an interesting time. And uh, to those who are happily engaged in church, there is this rhythm of church that can feel exhausting because um, I'm a musician. So Easter in church was never a great time for me um, because you have like, you got Wednesday, then you got Friday, then you got Sunday. Um, so not being connected to a physical location um, again, feels strange to me in light of what Sam said. Um, it, it's just odd. Um, and I have really sat with personally with the Easter story and with Holy Week and really thought about, yes, what's said in scripture, but I have been sitting with what's not said and really taking a 360 degree view of holy week uh over the past couple of days um and one thing that i would ask that you would think of is mary uh the mother of jesus and things from her perspective and i really was thinking about what type of trauma she endured throughout holy week uh because it's, it's interesting when we preach about holy week we preach these certain passages we preach about jesus's betrayal we preach about the resurrection we're like okay you're supposed to be sad on friday um everyone be sad and then on sunday everyone be happy yay we she got out the tomb um but there's been this ab abiding grief as i think about my own grief stories and i think about the grief stories that are not explicitly named in the text and i really was sitting earlier with what did mary's tears feel like uh because everyone's like, but the resurrection came. I don't, I, I don't think that superseded the grief that she would feel her whole life, even after Jesus went to heaven. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> your son got out of the grave and went to heaven. Okay, but he's not here. There's an option. Um, and yeah, so I've been focusing on what's said in the scripture, but I really have been illuminating and asking God about what's not said and really sitting with Holy Week from a uh, a trauma-informed perspective uh, and what did the disciples go through what did Mary go through 
uh, as they had to hold this tension of Holy Week um, and bringing my fullness and my own grief stories to the front as I process Holy Week uh, has been different, um, has been triggering. Um, but I'll leave you with the uh, the thought from, I'm, all, I'm gonna, I'm, I love this book. It's called Black Imagination. And it's edited and curated by Natasha Moran. And it's beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful work of art. Um, but yeah, thinking about that trauma and that world filled with grief, um, there's a section of the book that deals with healing rituals. And uh, Christopher Burrell said in this part, he said, the world around becomes magnified as I take on its pain with my own. And then I cry. I cry for my origin. I cry for my heartache. I cry to evolve out of this redacted. Um, afterwards, I feel light, empty, ready to be filled with new signals and light to go on another day. That's all I can do. Crying leaves me open to hope and hope is healing a natural release valve that all should access. Uh, a natural release valve that all should access. And thinking about Holy Week in light of uh, mourning and grief and lament that would be perpetual. I don't think that lament would leave Mary's body even after the resurrection. And so what does it mean to have a relationship with God that is built on that foundation of absence, um, absence and body, right? Uh, and the literal grief that she bore uh, for having her son be absent from her. So really just been thinking about it in that way uh, because most pastors aren't gonna preach that. Um, and as I am absent and I'm grieving myself, I really just been sitting with that. So, that's me. Because we now have a Patreon, which Patreon. I want to encourage each and every one of y'all to, to visit at uh, patreon.com slash three black men. Uh, think through it, pray through it, ask God <laughs> if, if he would have you partake in this work that we're doing because on top of some bonus content here we have uh, some blog pieces going up there's going to be some devotional content coming out and I want to encourage you guys um, to visit that Patreon patreon.com slash three black men go watch and, um, my kids ruin my videos go ahead watch, watch them, <laughs> them them babies ain't ruin nothing man matter of fact there's, there's more people going to sign up to, to see them babies how about that bro <laughs>